This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. A little while back, we put a shout out to listeners for suggestions for what books we should feature on the I'll Tell You Road at Second Captain's Book Club during 2022. Many people got back saying they really wanted to hear about The Fight by Norman Mailer. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can't put my finger on it. It was just something about a first-hand account of one of the most iconic sporting events in history, featuring the most charismatic sports person of all time and written by a writer with an ego even bigger than the central character. Something about that seemed to fire people's engines. I don't know, Murph. I can't work it out. (sighs) There's uh, there's no accounting for taste, is there, Owen? <laughs> we needed a special book reviewer for this special book club episode, and Katrina Crow stepped in, the former head of special projects at the National Archives of Ireland. She is one of the country's most brilliant social and cultural commentators, as we found out when we had her as, as a guest on our RT radio show. So Katrina invited us into her home for an episode of the podcast that is out now for you guys. All you got to do, of course, is become a World Service member. Katrina not only read the book, she also went that extra mile, took the trouble of watching the movie When We Were Kings. So let's take a clip of that first of all. Here's Norman Mailer talking about the end of the first round in the Rumble and Jungle. Bell rang. Ollie went back to the corner. He finally, the nightmare he'd been awaiting in the ring had finally come to visit him. He was in the ring with a man he could not dominate, who was stronger than him who was not afraid of him, who was going to try to knock him out, and who punched harder than Ali could punch. And this man was determined and unstoppable. And Ali had a look on his face that I'll never forget. It's the only time I ever saw fear in Ali's eyes. Ali looked as if he looked into himself and said, all right, this is the moment. This is what you've been waiting for. This is that hour. And do you have the guts? And he kind of nodded to himself like, you got to get it together, boy. You really got to get it together. And you are going to get it together. You will get it together. He nodded some more, looking as if he were looking into his make- the eyes of his maker. And then he turned to the crowd and he went, Ali Bomaye. And 100,000 people all yelled back, Ali Bomaye. And this huge reverberation of the crowd came back into the ring. And Ali picked it up almost as if these are my people. This is what I'm here for. All right, the time has come. I'm going to find a way to master this man. 
Mater's delivery is just amazing in mm. there, isn't it? It's just this slow staccato, is that what you would call it? You know, it's almost like, it's almost like a full stop after every couple of words, and then he's just yeah. building up and building up, and it's getting more and more, uh, more and more dramatic as he goes. He's, I mean, probably reading way more into an event than, uh, you know, into one small moment than is actually there, but that's that's what reportage is all about, isn't it? Mm. He's used to uh, a rapt audience. Uh, you mm. know, he takes his time. He knows how to tell a story and he's well used to people shutting up and letting him talk at length about the topic that he wants to talk about. <laughs> yep. Uh, he is one of the great novelists, great American novelists of the 20th century. Very difficult character to say the least though, Mader. There's a lot of sexist macho bullshit that goes with the territory. And he did some properly horrendous stuff. He, he stabbed his wife at a, in 1960 at a party. His, his then wife Adele missed her heart by inches and received a suspended sentence of three years probation. Um, so there's there's a lot of difficulty talking about a man like this. Mailer died in 2007. He was actually in the news earlier this year. There was a story going around that he'd effectively been sort of posthumously cancelled by his publishers because they refused to publish a collection of his non-fiction writing. Uh, I don't, there's no point going too deep into that particular story because the that particular characterization of it is disputed by certain parties. But it got us into a really interesting conversation anyway around how we now view historical works by someone with the past that Norman Mailer has. Here's Katrina's take on what we should do with the works of Mailer and some of his peers. I just like censorship. And I think if, if a society is strong enough to, to believe in free speech, which is what this is all about, suck it up, argue against it, have a row about it, be prepared to die for the rights of others to express their opinions, no matter how heinous they may seem to be to you, and argue back. I mean, this was the discussion many of us had during the years when the troubles were going on in Northern Ireland, when Sinn Féin and the IRA were banned from the airwaves. I hate them. With every fibre of my being, I thought they landed us into an atrocious conflict that went on much, much longer than it should have. And Seamus Mallon was dead right when he said the Good Friday Agreement was sunning day for slow learners. Nonetheless, they should have been heard. And any journalist or any commentator worth their salt should have been able to argue with them. That's what it's all about. If you shut down people who don't agree with you, even if objectively it seems that the, the views they're expressing are um, awful, atrocious, uh, bad in very many ways, we're in trouble because we end up in an echo chamber. And in any case, there's no sign yet that libraries all over the world are going to take books off their shelves just because a certain portion of the population would like them to do so. Yeah. We have to be, even if they're to be looked at as historical objects, we have to know how people thought at a certain time. And if you get rid of Roth, Bellow, Updike and Mailer as, as, as recourses for understanding the alpha male novelist in mid-20th century America, we're missing a big part of the story. We need to know it. And arguably, now more than ever, we should be studying their work through that lens instead of getting offended by it. By all means, get, 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 get offended by it as well if you want to. But look at it. I should say it wasn't all as heavy as that with Katrina. I mean, it was mostly tea and cake and chats. Mm. But that was, I thought, quite a strong clip that we could play for you today. Just, yes. Uh, she know, filled got, us full of heavy. cake and then she yeah. filled us full of knowledge. Basically, that's what happened, Don. <laughs> uh, and it was a really, really lovely day at work for all that. Oh, my word. It was lovely stuff. A football podcast out today is all about Roman Abramovich and his decision to sell Chelsea. Canada, a really good chat with the football historian David Goldblatt, just trying to work out, looking back at Abramovich's time at the club and working out why he 
bought it, why he stayed involved for so long, the, the British media's treatment of him over the years, all that kind of stuff. And also, now that Abramovich is selling, there's, as we pointed out in our links today, there's no shortage of potential buyers. Hans-Jörg Weiss is, uh, well, Hans-Jörg Weiss is the name hold of on the, is, the Is there uh, an Irish Swiss billionaire guy. also uh, interested? I'm having a buzz floating around. Anyone want to not give me a share? Oh, why, 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 why do we have <laughs> to go McGregor, to Switzerland? We've got a grown billionaire that we can talk about. I don't think he's a fit. McGregor says he wants to explore it, you know. And and in fairness, he's he's a he. McGregor is the most, by far, the most famous Irishman in Russia. So, you know, with the possible exception of Damien Duff, he's the only Irish Irishman Roman Romanovich has one hundred percent heard of. So, I mean, he's already got a kind of an in there. Uh, as to whether he's got the money, I mean, because here's the thing, right? We've seen that statement from Abramovich, uh, so, you know, which which is is giving the impression, without really saying so definitively, that he's sort of almost. You know, he's walking away mm. from somebody. It's never been about the money for him. It's about like mm. you know, and and that's it, that's that's definitely the what it seeks to create that that impression. But what Hans Jörg Weiss uh, was under the impression that Abramovich very much would be looking for his money because his quotes to the uh, and this is an eighty six year old and he's speaking with the freedom of an eighty six year old billionaire. <laughs> is there anyone? Is there anyone more more joyously, more wondrously free in his expression? A <laughs> uh, couple of ad key, uh, hot keys added for effect there, Murph, mm. after the event <laughs> by our multi-talented producers. God, I really hope I'm an 86-year-old billionaire, free to oh. speak as I like. Oh, that Finally would just speak be, your mind, Murph. That would really be amazing, I have to say. I, would, I, think I, I think I'd just be a great 86-year-old billionaire, is what I'm telling you. I think I'd just play the role of an 86-year-old billionaire exceedingly well. That football podcast is available to you right now. Once again, with the caveat that you must sign up to become a member of the Second Captain's World Service. Start of the month. It's always the best time to do it anyway. Get full bang for your five euro a month plus VAT. Uh, we'd love to see you on there. I can't believe I've been promoting a show here about Muhammad Ali without playing any clips of Muhammad Ali, the greatest orator in sports. This ain't and over. Up there, yeah. This ain't yeah. over, on. You, you can do this. You can do You're the boss. You can, you can do whatever the hell you like. Let's play out with one of my favourite audio beds that we've done. We can we can do it that way and get a bit of Ali in before we wrap things up. Become a member, have a listen to that episode, have a listen to all our future episodes and, and our past ones in the archive. There's loads going on. Good to see you. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks for listening. Bye. Don't be rumble, like a Don't give a damn about the money, being shot, take the title, take it all, and go to jail tomorrow. This chump has got everybody scared. Scared of what? You told him I don't have nothing but a prayer. Well, chump, all I need is a prayer, because if that prayer reached the right man, not only will George Fulman fall, the mountains will fall. Oh, my God, he's won the title back at 32. This brash young boxer is something to see, and the heavyweight championship is his destiny. You saw him on television, there was no one more beautiful. You saw him walking down the street, he was a beautiful thing to see. He moved around the ring, he had style and class, he was tall and good looking. Everything you'd want from a boxer, wrestler, football player. And to be honest with you, he belonged to the arts because he had poem, poetry, he had it all. Specimen, fighting machine. You know, it was handsome, it was articulate, it was funny, charismatic, and was whooping ass too.
That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.